Disclaimer. The following podcast contains material and language that may not be suitable for minors. While not in every episode, this podcast may contain triggering subject matter that may be brought up without warning. Any information or advice given is for entertainment purposes only. We are not doctors. Please consult your physician with any medical questions or before making any decisions regarding your health. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Until very recently, online dating was something that, well, only dorks and losers did. Real people marry their high school sweethearts or met people in bars. Well, the world's evolved since then, and online dating is kind of how people meet people now. So this week, we investigate online dating in the sack. With Seth and Sarah. So, online dating, let's face it, it's become obviously more popular in the last decade or so, particularly with the rise of social media. Dare I say it's the norm. Absolutely, but no more norm than it has become this past year. Oh, yes. Like we discussed in the last episode, the bonus episode, if anyone missed it, go back, check it out. Year in Sex 2020, where we reviewed all the bullshittery that's happened and add out of the bedroom this last year with COVID and all the bullshit. Even before this year, I think that people of our generation, millennials and Gen Z, that I guess it's just how you met people anymore. People don't go out and meet at bars nearly as frequently as they used to. I mean, it still does happen, but... Oh, I think it absolutely happens. But I agree with you that it's not half as prominent as it used to be. There isn't nearly the stigma with online dating anymore because it says people realize it's how you meet people. I can absolutely remember once upon a time, like you said, you would hear people talk about meeting their partner, meeting their spouse online. You would just conjure up these images of some social outcast sitting in their parents' basement unable to go out and find a partner in person. The stereotypical mouth breather playing Dungeons and Dragons. Hey, now. Hey, no offense to my D&D people. I love you, but playing RuneScape. How about that? That's a dead game. <laughs> I'm just saying, social outcast, somebody who wasn't capable of going out and meeting a partner face-to-face, you know, that there was something wrong with them, something, some reason that they had to hide behind a keyboard to be able to attract a mate, essentially. <laughs> yeah, I must ask, were you familiar at all with the uh, precursor to online dating, video dating, like the love connection type of stuff, the videotapes? Only in the aftermath, I think more so in how it's been made fun of. Yeah, like an SNL skits and Mad TV skits and all that good stuff. Well, and not just that, but also where people have have dug them up. Yes, and doing like a YouTube compilation of all these. Can you imagine what that was like? I mean, we're on the cusp of that being the way we dated. That's how, you know, Gen X dated for the most part if, if they weren't meeting people in real life. In ads, in the newspaper. I'm going to take these eight tapes home and watch these who these men and women are and see who I want to date. I'm going to read the paper and look for all the single white females. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. Exactly. And I don't really think it's a whole lot different. It's not. It's just a different coat of paint with the technology that you have. Right. The idea is the same. It's just more up to date. Much quicker, quicker speed, more instantaneous. When did you feel the tide start turning or Julie notice it to where online dating wasn't really looked down upon anymore? I think Facebook, honestly. I would go a little further back and say MySpace even. Uh, MySpace is such a blip on the radar for me. I'm a couple of years older than you, so yeah, there is that. I kind of went almost straight from LiveJournal to Facebook. 
But there was a lot of jockeying to see who was going to be in your top eight back then. See, again, I didn't really do a whole lot with that. I was on LiveJournal. MySpace came around and that was kind of fun. I kind of popped onto MySpace a little bit, but I was also in the throes of leaving one serious relationship into another serious relationship, kind of right in the middle of the whole MySpace fad and then right into Facebook. So so I was asked this by people who use the live journal. Did you ever dead journal? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> so dead journal was like the live journal for the goth and emo kids, you know, super dark and dreary. <laughs> no, no, I never even heard of that. No, but I mean, we did all the deck out your live journal page and would you think, would LiveJournal be the, or Facebook, one of those two be the first time that you were meeting people online? No, I was meeting people online, like I said, uh, I think actually in the last, in the bonus episode back in the AOL days. You go to your, go to the chat rooms and you could find your city and go to your city. I'm going to go to the punk rock chat and talk to the cool kids. Yeah, you know, you'd go to your city and you'd find your interest and you'd be like, oh, your city singles and you'd go in and you'd be like, you know, hey all, ASL, question mark. And, People would respond and be like, hey, I'm a, you know, however old, single female. Did you study before you jumped in? Did you have to ask what all the acronyms were? Or did you like figure it out on your own? I'm a creeper. (laughs) I'm one of those people like I'll walk into a room. I watch the room for a while and not just chat rooms, but just rooms, period. I like to walk into a room and just watch the room for a bit before I start (laughs) opening my mouth and making a fool out of myself. So no, I didn't have to to ask around. I just kind of, I watched and figured it out. It was pretty cool. I make no qualms. I had to ask because the first time I think I was maybe 11 or 12 and someone's like, oh, LOL. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And then I got called a noob and got kicked out of the chat room and it was shameful. (laughs) Yes, that's literally my first day on the internet, guys. Sorry. I always figured that if you wait around long enough, somebody else is going to ask the question and then you can find out and not look dumb. Did you find any fulfilling relationships or not relationships maybe, but people to chat with people you felt connected to in those type of situations? Not necessarily that I felt connected to. I definitely hooked up with quite a few people. Actually physically or? Yeah, yeah. But again, in hindsight, the age that I was when I was doing that, I really should not have been doing that. To tell you how young I was, I had to ride my bike or walk to these people's houses. So, Oh, no, I was old enough. I think by the time I really started getting into it that I was attracting people with cars. So. Do you want to share a, a personal story from the early days of your online dating? Yeah, actually, one that was definitely not something I would ever have wanted to repeat. And he did call me again later. And I'm like, why are you even calling me? So we had met in one of the city chats and we we're talking and he was funny and we shared a couple pictures. And and again, this was way back. This was before cell phones and selfies. So if you had pictures, it was literally like you had a picture and you had to like find some way to scan it mm-hmm. <laughs> onto your computer or it was your school's website or something. And you had to like copy it from your school's website or... Not only that, because it was a real picture, you were so proud of that good picture. You know, oh, yeah. yeah. You had to find a good picture. You can take a thousand selfies a day and discard those and get that one good one. But if you happen to get that one good real picture, you were damn proud of that thing. It was everywhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, do you know how many pictures I got like from guys 
It was always like the sports guys. It was always like a clipping out of a newspaper. Or their senior picture. So senior pictures were a big one, but like a clipping out of a newspaper where they were like all in the football gear or they were like on the basketball court in the middle of doing something that was supposedly amazing. And I'm like, I have no idea what any of this means, but I'm sure. Well, aren't you Jockey McJockerson? <laughs> like, I'm sure you're fantastic. That's great. I don't, you look sweaty. Like that's, I don't know. So finally, after a couple of days, I was like, you know, hey, we should meet you know, this will be great. So he came down, he picked me up and he said, hey, let's head back up to my place and, you know, we can hang out for a little bit, figure out what we want to do. Cause you know, of course we were young, we made no plans. So we head back up to his place and by his place, I mean his parents' house because we were young. And when I say young, I was, I think 16, maybe 17. And I think he was 18 or 19 and we're hanging out and just shaking out heavy petting, whatever. And <laughs> His mom knocks on the door and she's like, whatever his name is, she's like, you've got a phone call. So he comes out because again, no cell phones. So he goes out, gets the phone, comes back in and he says, oh, that's my boss. He said, he wants to know if I can come into work just for a couple hours to cover somebody. They they had an accident and they've got to go. Now, mind you, I'm like 40 minutes from my house. Oh no. I don't drive. He picked me up. I don't have a car. So I'm like, okay, well, are you going to take me home first? And he said, well, it's only a couple hours. I'm not going to hang out with the parents, dude. Well, so that was my next question. I said, so, like, do you want me to come hang out with you at work? Because that was another thing. He worked at a porn shop. Oh. So I'm like, do you want me to come hang out with you at work? Because now I'm thinking, well, that could actually be fun. Sure. Never mind the fact that I'm not actually old enough to be in a porn shop, but whatever. And he's like, no, 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 it's fine. I'm only going to be there a couple hours and... And then I'll be back. And I'm like, okay, I 100% had like the most uncomfortable two hours of my life sitting there with his mom watching like fucking Wheel of Fortune. Okay, here's the important question. Was the sex at least good? It happened because, you know, with all like the heavy petting and making out and stuff, like we started, but then he was like, oh no, my parents might hear and stopped. Oh, this is a disaster. I'm so sorry. It was awful. <laughs> So then he got back and I'm like, take me home. Now. So he, like, he takes me home and everything. And and he was apologetic. And uh, and he was like, so, you know, can I see you again? And I'm like, mm, I'll think about it. <laughs> so then he called me later and I was like, no, that's not going to happen. Not cool. Like I'd never met it. I'd never met his family before. So then I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm just this person. Never met you and just met your son today. And I'm 100% and positive that you heard us making out in his room. And now he's gone and I'm sitting here really uncomfortable. So it was terrible. Don't ever want to do that again. Not recommended <laughs> to anybody. So my first online dating profile was Yahoo Personals. And there had been this girl that I had been wanted to date since I want to say sophomore year of high school and I had just finished college at this point. So it'd been a while. I'd, I'd like this girl. I really hadn't done anything about it because she had a boyfriend for that entire time. Well, out of nowhere, one day she gets on my Yahoo personals page and I'm like, oh my God, hey. <laughs> and we chat for a while on there and we exchange like, hey, I will meet you tonight. And I go pick her up and I look her in the eyes and I go, look, I need to know something. Are you in blank done? Like, this isn't some, you're getting revenge or rebound. You guys aren't dating anymore. He goes, no, we haven't broken up for months. I'm just ready to get back out there. And I'm like, yeehaw, let's do this. We spend a fantastic night together. The next morning, he calls her. 
No, we had cell phones. <laughs> and she's like, I got to go. He's wondering where I am. I'm like, ah, oh, broken up, huh? She goes, look, it is what it is. I'm like, yeah, it is. You can go now. And uh, I left my buddy sitting in the living room, my roommate, to hear all this, unfortunately. And I'm like, come on, dude. We're going to go and get something to eat. I'm buying. So we go to a steakhouse. And we sit down, and blank is a waiter there. The boyfriend? Yes. <gasps> now, he's being very friendly to me because we've always been very cool with each other. I would never, ever, ever have gone after this girl while they were dating. I have enough respect for him to not do that and myself. So he does a great job serving us. And as we leave, he goes, hey, I hope you had a good time. My roommate goes, well, Seth did. You motherfucker. Oh, man. Yeah. That was embarrassing. And I mean, the sex was great. But overall, I'm not proud of that one. (laughs) So... Out of 10, recommend? Oh, one or zero, because I felt bad. Because I, I mean, <laughs> if you're in an open relationship, that's fine. But I will not be a part of or privy to infidelity or cheating. It's, just, it's not me. Well, here's one from a friend of mine I got right actually before we started recording. Yeah. That it's kind of along the same lines, only not exactly so much. The person told me that. One time they met a woman online and turns out that she was using pictures from some time ago. And when they met in person, it turns out that she was the wife of a friend of theirs. Jeebus. <laughs> so I get the message and initially I'm like, oh no, this is going to turn into some terrible Jerry Springer type thing. Oh, you fucked my wife, whatever. But apparently he was in on it. Creepy. The husband was very aware that she was out uh, trying to meet people. Bait is the word that comes to mind because the idea was they were looking for a third, essentially, a male third. And to each their own. Well, yeah, that's not a big deal. My thing is, is it's a little underhanded. It is. It is. Make your intentions be known from the start. You know, don't dilly dally. Be upfront. You will find people that will do what you want to do. Right, exactly. There are people out there that that are into that. You just have to find the right people. And putting a woman out there looking for a man and then being like, oh, by the way. My husband's going to be here too. Yeah. (laughs) That's not really the right way to go about those things. I'm going to slowly back away from all of this. (laughs) (laughs) So I've got one here that I love, and it's a short one, but I think it's hilarious. So do you know what Grindr is? It's like Tinder, but for homosexuals. Well, for gay men. Okay. Specifically gay men. And there's almost nothing to do with, you know, personality or anything like that. It's strictly based on location. Like there are gay dudes within two miles of you. Here they are. Oh, okay. So this guy and his cousin each found out they were gay by matching on Grindr. Okay. So that hadn't been an awkward Thanksgiving. Yeah. They were trolling for some hot loving. I'm like, wait a minute. That's my cousin. He's gay. Oh, shit. Now he knows I'm gay. Fuck. Was that one of those things where it just like pops up like it's an app on your phone and it just shows a map and then like... Yes. All these grinder profiles near you. Oh, no. (laughs) Called privacy settings, guys. Well, I mean, I guess you're looking for someone to hook up with. If you're looking for casual sex, you're not really caring about privacy settings. Let's be honest here. Be like, look, I want to be private from anyone I'm related to. So you want to go ahead and read our next listener one here? All right, so this guy has an interesting point, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. 
At its core, every social media site is basically a hookup site, to some extent, either right up front or beneath the surface. And I almost kind of agree with that. You could hit on your Uber driver. There's nothing stopping you from doing that. My friends I know that drive Uber get hit on all the time. Yeah, but I think that you could say that about any social situation. Oh, absolutely. Any situation is basically an opportunity to hook up with someone. Facebook launched dating, their dating site, this year or last year? 2020 or 2019? I wasn't aware Facebook had a dating site. They do. They have a dating service now. It's almost kind of like Tinder. <laughs> only it's based upon your Facebook likes. Okay. All right. That's a thing that I know now. Yeah. And uh, I think it's a matter of time before Twitter has one or buys one of the existing ones. And um, Instagram dating is a real thing. And people do that. And like I said, oh, I MySpace hookups were huge. But I think what's important with all the social media dating is be honest with what you look like. Do not put up a picture of someone that is not you or you in a better or earlier state. Show them what you look like right now. The whole mask fishing thing. Exactly. And catfishing, it's... It's lying. And do you think that someone's going to be so completely won over by your personality that they're going to have this image of you in their head that you showed them, but they're going to be so won over by your personality that when they meet you face to face, they're going to completely overlook the fact that you lied to them? Yeah, but that's another uh, sitcom moment. We've seen it and I saw it on Futurama and a couple other shows where they sent the wrong picture or different people in. Oh, it's so funny that we lied to each other, but we're still going to date because we're just so matched well. It's not how it works. Here's my thing. You could have one eye and I don't care. Again, everyone's got good qualities. You have to fucking sell them. It doesn't matter so much what you look like. Everyone's got their thing, but you got to own it and you have to be honest about it. And don't fucking surprise me with shit. And don't say that you're like into something that you're not to try and get that date. Because I'm going to want to talk about it. And you'd be like, uh. So I barely read them when I was a teenager. But do you remember like the 17 magazines? Yeah. 17, you know, Teen Vogue, all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like all the teen girl magazines. So I remember when I was a teenager, you know, I'd flip through those every so often. And one thing really stuck out for me. And I don't even know if I want to say that it really had an impact on me because I, I think that I was already sort of in the path that I was going to be my own person, no matter what. But I guess it sort of cemented that that idea in my head that that was who I was going to be. But there was this spread and it was like getting the guy's opinion. We talked to all these boys and and this is what they're saying the do's and don'ts are about being in relationships and what they look for. And the one thing that really got me was this guy said, be yourself. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what you like. Just be yourself. Because if you're into sports and playing soccer and baseball or whatever, and you hook up with me and think that all of a sudden, now you have to be a girly girl because that's what you think that I expect or that I want or whatever. Don't pretend to be that because you think that that's what I want. You know, be who you are because that's going to get old for you and that's not what I'm interested in. If that's what I was interested in, I wouldn't have been attracted to you in the first place. And there is something that's magical about meeting someone that isn't the stuff that you're into. We have so many dating sites that are so laser focused on finding that one person that does this one thing. Farmers only. Come on. <laughs> well, 
Well, no. Okay, let's face it. I mean, farming is kind of a lifestyle. So, yeah, you know. but I mean, you've got Grinder, you've got a uh, Bumble where the women initiate contact. You've got all these different lifestyle ones like Christian Mingle and J Date, where you can find that person that specifically meets your needs. So, come on, be honest. Well, yeah, but a lot of those are, are more lifestyle things than interests. Here's one for you. Star Trek yeah. is better than Star Wars. It just is. I mean, you're wrong, but okay. <laughs> we can argue this out all day, but... Now, before anyone kills me, I love them both. Oh, no. Okay. I love them both. But Star Wars over Star Trek and Doctor Who over all of them. I love Doctor Who, but Star Trek is my jam. I mean, they, to each their own. So, but either way, here's the thing. If I hook up with somebody, I'm not going to pretend to be super into Star Wars to get with somebody. No. Because I, I, I'm not going to be sitting there Googling Star Wars characters so that I can have a conversation. I'm going to be like, I have no idea who the fuck that is. But did you see the episode where Worf got initiated into the house of Mardok? Mordok? Whatever. Either way, I cried when he put the button on his sash. That's all I got to say. <laughs> uh, wow, we are getting into a whole new level of dork here. <laughs> But I mean, it's so much easier to be yourself on these things than it is to be somebody that you're not. Exactly. And I think that it's not just pretending to be into things that you're not. It's using up-to-date pictures. I think that it's great that you were into fitness five years ago. I certainly was in different shape than I am now five years ago. But at this point, uh, you've been through some shit, and this is how I look. And I'm right. okay with it for now. I'm working on it if I need to. I would tanning five years ago. I stopped tanning. So I'm a little paler than I was five years ago. Hey, some dudes are really into pale girls. Right. <laughs> Whatever the deal may be, shit changes, but fucking own it. Like, and you can say, hey, I really loved the way I looked in this picture, but this picture is from five years ago. But I loved the way my eyes looked in this picture. This picture is from five years ago, though. I think this is a great point. In that you're never going to find the person that you really want to be with by being anyone but you. And I think it's the, the bow on that little package there. Absolutely. So I've got another one here. This one is just like, I don't know what I would do. Like, I really don't know what I would do in this situation. This listener said, I met a woman online, met her in person. Turns out she was the mother of a kid I went to school with. <laughs> Let me ask you, honestly, if you were a single lady, and we know that you're not, if you went out and happened to meet a gentleman who was only maybe a decade older than you or some change, maybe he was a young father of the kid that you knew in school, could you go through with it? Probably not, no. I think it would be awkward. Even if you didn't talk to them anymore? Okay, I'll put it this way. It would depend on what my end game was with the guy. Okay, I'll lay it out for you and see what you would do. He's 17 years older than you. Mm-hmm. You have not spoken to the person you went to school with since a year after high school, so it's been quite some time. Were we friends? You were friendly. I'll say that. You knew each other. Okay. And you're looking to hook up a few times. Nothing serious, but something for a little bit. So, like, just get together and fuck? Yeah, like a two-week, three-week fling. You're not marrying this man. Okay, so basically the odds of me running into said person I knew in school are very, very slim, if at all. And I could just be like, hey, maybe don't tell this person that we're hooking up. Maybe don't tell your kid that we're doing this. <laughs> or do tell him and whatever. And I just be like, yeah, I banged your dad. 
I told you I was going to back in high school. No, that, yeah, that would totally be fine. But it's like, I don't want to be mom to somebody I went to school with. That would be, <laughs> I mean, they'd have, he'd have to be really, really well off. Oh, wow. <laughs> Sarah getting super shallow. <laughs> didn't know you had it in you. So what did this person do in that situation? They didn't say, but based on the tone of the conversation, I'm going to guess turn the fuck around and left. <laughs> yeah. That's probably what most of us would do in that situation, not going to lie. Unless I really hated the person, then then I might do it. <laughs> as much as I like to think I'm a good guy, there's times I'm awfully petty. So It would just be hard. I think it would be really, really hard. Yeah, it would be. And <laughs> okay, well, you grew up in a small town. Mm-hmm. My town was kind of small, but we're, we were sort of on the edge of a bigger area. Yeah. So my school was small. The neighboring schools were all very large. I think my graduating class had like 114 people in it. Like we were small, a small group of people. So like I knew everyone I graduated with by name. So if I were to hook up with someone's parents that I graduated with, I'm not just hooking up with that person's parents. I'm also now committing myself to being involved in the lives of like 20 other people that I graduated with because there's a very good chance that they're still friends with all those people. And I don't like most people I went to high school with. So, right, The people that I liked well enough to spend time with in high school, I still spend time with. And I'm not saying that the rest of them I wouldn't be friendly with if it came to it now, but I don't think that there was anyone I hated or really didn't get along with. But That's fair. But I mean, this next one that I've got kind of played into that a little bit. And it's about small town tendering. She talks about uh, getting matched with dudes from her hometown who uh, wouldn't give her the time of day growing up. Now, all of a sudden, want to hang out really bad. It's like, no, hard pass. I didn't like you then. I don't like you now. I hate living in a small town. Fuck, is what she says here. <laughs> so here's my question about that, though. So they wouldn't give her the time of day yeah. then, but now they want to hook up. Yes, but then she says, I hated them then. I think it was more if she hated them for just being dicks, is what she describes. She was, everyone was super rude to me all the time. No one would ever talk to me. And now all of a sudden, because I'm one of the few women in this town. <laughs> ah, okay. I get it. I get it. So it's like, I have a lack of options. Where's she at? That's what makes you feel real good. Gross. Yeah. Well, and let's face it, we all grow, we all mature, and suddenly... The stupid little things that everyone was concerned about in high school are suddenly pretty irrelevant. And the fact that someone is smart and has a job. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I can't tell you the last time I cared about uh, having cool jeans. Right. (laughs) So this one is a little funny and sad, but I'm going to go ahead and read this one and get your opinion on it. But I just don't know what to do with this. So you ready? All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. So this is a female listener. And she was stood up by an award-winning Elvis impersonator. That's like line one of my resume. Award-winning Elvis impersonator. No, no, okay, stop, stop, stop. Yes. Full stop. Yes. Someone who impersonates Elvis so well that they have won awards. They've gone to competitions. And they stood her up. Well, maybe stood up is the wrong term. He was at the agreed meeting spot, but when he saw me walking toward him, I locked eyes with him and he waved as I still continue to walk over and he literally ran away from me and hid somewhere in the store we were meeting at until I left. What the fuck? Whoa. Wow. That is wow. I'll tell you something. Elvis would not do that. 
Oh my gosh, that is awful. Actually reminds me of so I had a friend when I was in high school and I was a little punk rock, little I don't know, I was a little something in high school. But I had piercings. I had facial piercings and did a little alternative sort of dress, whatever. And um so we met these couple of guys online and they were more sporty, little jockish, and they showed up to meet with us and they were like, you know, we just remembered we have baseball practice. <laughs> What is it with these guys just leaving you for random things to have, like random occurrences? Well, they sh- they showed up to hang out and they were like, oh no, we just remembered we have baseball practice. Bye. <laughs> we're like, oh, okay, well, you guys are dicks, but sure. It's like, you know what? Here's the thing. We sent you our pictures. You sent us yours. If you didn't, I think in the picture, like we were both wearing like black makeup. Like, like come on. Like at some point you should have figured out that we were probably not the usual kind of girl that you hung out with. Because you said you were honest in the picture, and I believe you. But have you ever had it happen to where the person was honest? It was a current picture. But man, they photograph well, but they don't look good in real life. That happened to you? Oh, gosh, yes. All right, spill. (laughs) I met this guy, and he sent me a couple pictures, and he looked like Everlast. And I was like, okay, yeah, like, I got this. I'm into this. Um, this was very like smash mouth time. So like the guys were wearing like, you know, the orange goggles on top of the head sort of deal. Everyone had the goatees. Very cool. And then I meet him. and I'm like, wow. I had to look back at the picture and be like, is this him? I mean, it was definitely him. It was 100% him. But When was this taken? It was definitely taken recently. Like he wasn't trying to pull the wool over my eyes, but boy, it was the, the angle and the lighting and... Yeah, that was who. All right, so I've got one. Met a girl on a, a dating app. I didn't remember which one it was. It wasn't one of the big ones, but uh, she looks amazing. Just the type of girl that I like. And uh, meet up at the agreed upon location. And she is filthy. I mean, dirty, greasy hair. Like, almost like an oil on her face, it looked like. Like, she had been, you know, out in the sun all day, running constantly. There's just this, like, film of oil on her face. And I'm like, hey, did you just get off of work or something? No, I just got out of the shower. Strange. I'm normally not this shallow, but, um, yeah, oh, I gotta go. My phone, my house is on fire. <laughs> well, now, okay, so are you sure that her hair was greasy and not just wet? I am certain because it was very, very dry, but very greasy. And she just had like this, like I said, this like grease on her face and like it was like smudges. And it's like, it wasn't like makeup. It's like, it was like axle grease almost. I was like, I don't know what you've been doing. If you're on drugs or something, but. Weird. I'm going to bounce. That is weird. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when I use my buddy who I always do that situations like that. You get the emergency text, call me. My house is on fire. <laughs> so, <laughs> we do that I, for doctors. It's not actually my house is on fire. It was usually like, hey, you know, your dog got out or something along those lines. <laughs> but it was just so strange because she was stunningly beautiful in this picture and just not. <laughs> Maybe that was like her test for you to be like, is he super shallow? You know what? I don't think there's many because she smelled too. I'm not going to lie. Oh, okay. Ooh, yeah. If she smelled, that that's a different story. It's like you got out of the shower. The nose knows. Yeah. I gotta go. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess the only real uh, 
question that remains is, do you want to get into a couple of the heavier ones that we have? So the situation that I can't imagine what this poor person was going through when this happened, it's so bizarre. But uh, (laughs) first off, the first thing she states is good old Tinder. (laughs) I met a guy at a coffee shop and we had a blast. He invited me to brunch the next morning. So I met him at his apartment at like 730 in the morning. He tells me to have a seat while he gets ready and he goes into his bedroom. He comes back out after a few minutes wearing a little puffy skirt and a tank top. Alarms have been going off right there. (laughs) (laughs) My alarms would have been going off when he invited me for brunch at 7.30 in the morning. That's breakfast time still, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, anyway, sorry. And I haven't even had my coffee yet. At this point, I'm like, huh? (laughs) Starts to explain how he was wearing women's underwear on our coffee date yesterday and how he felt really comfortable with me and wanted me to make him his pretty little princess. He wanted her to make him her pretty little princess. Ah, okay. And from behind his back, he reveals a massive strap-on rig that has a giant dildo on it that he wants me to peg him with. I tell him that I appreciate his honesty, but I was not in the slightest bit interested. And that's something you just spring on someone, especially before breakfast, or especially before I've had my coffee. (laughs) Oh, man. That is, um, okay, so many things wrong with this. First, folks... I hope, if you guys are listening to this, that you've listened to several of our episodes, episode number six, our kinks episode, where we talk about the fact that we don't kink shame. Seth and I, we are very open to a great many things, and one of those things is pegging. For me, anyway, Seth does not like the butt stuff, but here's the thing. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me clarify that once again. I, myself, am not a fan, but I'm not opposed to it. If my partner wants it, they absolutely will get it because it can't always be about just the things that I want. Now, there are certain things that I just strictly, I have some hard no's, but butt stuff is not one of them. I'll do it. It's just not one of the things that I'm going to bring up. (laughs) But here's the thing, folks. There are just some things that you talk about first. You have to have this conversation before you just throw it on them. I don't know if this was this first guy's first time presenting this. Like he just realizes about himself and, you know, wanted to find someone, anyone to do this with or what, but really inappropriate. Super inappropriate that he sprung it on her like that. Super inappropriate that it was, I don't even know that I would call that the second date. I mean, that's really kind of the the first date. The, The coffee shop was kind of just the initial meeting. So bringing it on somebody on the first date. And then you're just assuming this person is going to be okay to have sex with you. You know, we've said before in the Kings episode and in our first episode even, that you can get freaky on the first date if you choose to have sex on the first date. As long as you talk it over with the person. Don't just rip out the pegging dildo. Be like, hey, I have a question. (laughs) Would you be into this? If not, it's okay. But don't just be like, I'm a pretty princess. (laughs) Well, exactly. And now they said that they met on Tinder. So I'm assuming that there were some texts happening before they met for coffee. So if at some point it came up like, hey, I'm into pegging. This is something that I'd like to try. You know, that's one thing. But jump out of the bedroom in a skirt and tank top and a strap on and say, hey, this is something I'm into. Make me your pretty little princess. Not cool. That's really not cool. That is a little wackadoodle guy. You need to learn some boundaries. I'm going to go while I still can. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
So definitely some red flags there. Definitely some major issues. It could very well be that that is just part of that person's kink. But in all honesty, I hope that this dude found someone that will do this with him. I really do. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you're right. Maybe that was the first time that he really did feel comfortable. Maybe it was something new that he just recently learned about himself. And that was the first time that he really felt comfortable dropping it on somebody. And he just got a little overexcited. That's fair. So I'm going to let you read this last one or this next one. Now, I know we said in the disclaimer that triggering content can't come up without warning, but I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there. There's a trigger warning on this one for rape, unfortunately. Yes. And we will put, if you're already listening to it, hopefully you saw it, but we're going to throw a trigger warning up as well on the episode description. Just go ahead and hit the fast forward button a couple times. And when you hear us laughing again, then you'll know that everything's going to be fine. Yeah, I'd say give it a couple minutes. All right. Not funny, but cautionary. This was part of the BDSM fetish community. Met a guy on a popular fetish dating site. We talked for weeks before agreeing to meet and play. My hard limits to him were no slapping my face, no tying me up, and no ass play, which are all not uncommon hard limits. Well, right off, he blindfolded me, slapped me so hard I fell, tied me up, while telling me to scream all I want, no one could hear me. He then started to beat me with what I discovered later was the plastic stick from a set of blinds, which broke the skin in a couple of spots. I still have the scar on my legs. I blacked out and came to, and he was fucking me. He finished, untied me, and told me to get out. I was a wreck. I went home. I was humiliated. I felt stupid. I couldn't face the judgment of the cops in a podunk town. I was a much weaker person then, and I felt trapped and awful. The fetish community barred him, but he moved away a couple of weeks later. I'm okay now, but that left a sour taste in my mouth for sure. Guys, I think there are, there are three big points I want to hit about this story. I'm going to kind of work backwards, I think, in the story first. I'm going to say that whoever it was that told this story, I hope you're listening and I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad that you have been able to work through this, to put yourself back together, to learn to trust again. Hopefully, you have found it in you to be able to do that. To say that you're okay, that's a a huge fucking step. To say it and to mean it. A lot of people don't get there. A lot of people don't. So to be where you are now, to be able to not just say those things, but to be able to talk about it. Even in a forum where you're writing it to somebody, you're not saying it face-to-face, you're you're putting it down in words and sending it off. With the cloak of uh, anonymity. Exactly. That's huge, being able to tell your story. And I'm grateful. I know Seth is grateful. And, and thank you for sharing it. And if it inspires anyone that this happened to to come forward and share their story, the proper people, don't fester with this stuff. Talk to a therapist. Talk to the police. Talk to someone. Anybody. This wasn't your fault. And that leads me to my second thing I have to say about this. The person who wrote in saying that they were a weaker person then They felt trapped and awful. I don't think you were weak. 
I don't think you were weak. Trapped and feeling awful? Absolutely. Absolutely in that situation, but weak? No. You're still here and that's something. Well, and not just that. You're thriving, apparently, you know? I think they were talking about not saying anything, not going to the police, not pressing charges, following through with going to the authorities with what this person did, maybe feeling like they didn't have anywhere to turn to, except, I guess, the fetish community because they were able to do something about it. And, I mean, really all they could do is bar him and then this piece of shit moved away anyway and I'm sure has gone out and done it to other people since because that's what sacks of shit do. My only hope is that he got his comeuppance eventually. Oh, yeah. But that does not make you weak. Not at all. That is a symptom of the society that we live in. That, and I hate to use the word victim, but you as the victim in this situation would have to feel like you were going to be judged. Like you were going to be made to feel like some of this was your fault in any way, shape, or form. So much so that you didn't feel that you could do anything about it, that you were trapped. And that's not right. And I mean, unlike the guy in our last story, speculating about if it was the first time or not, this is almost not, not the first time this guy did this. And then, of course, you know, I have to say my piece about anyone, anyone who is sexually assaulted. I don't care what the situation is. I don't care if you're three sheets to the goddamn wind, if you've been grinding on every person in the fucking room, if you are not wearing a stitch of clothing, if you are touched without your consent, that is assault. And you have every right to feel safe and you have every right to be able to go to the authorities and to be heard. So this is along the same lines, but maybe a little lighter of a topic on that. I go to a lot of the conventions, a lot of cosplayers, and they all look amazing, men and women. But when the women that wear the more scantily clad cosplays, when someone touches them, I've seen them haul off and knock somebody the fuck out. It filled my heart with joy to see that. It was like, goddamn right, defend yourself. Fuck yeah. So I've been to some fetish events here in our city, and there's actually a group of people who sort of hang out They host some events and they're just big in the community and they're kind of a a family of people and they will hang out at these events and they'll watch for shit to happen. And they basically act as volunteer bouncers. And it's amazing. Like, it's amazing how fast they are to respond to situations when they develop, when you have somebody who shows up and is not acting appropriately. Because you are dealing with a situation where you have somebody naked and strung up to a St. Andrew's cross getting flogged and somebody wants to walk up and start groping them because they think that it's a free-for-all and that's not the case. There are rules that are followed and it's, yeah, I have so much, so much, but no, this person that did this is a piece of shit. I 100% agree with you, Seth. This was not a first time for this person. It was intentional. It was I believe it was thought out. Um, There's no way that they discussed this for weeks. They discussed hard limits and then he immediately, I mean, it sounds like immediately just broke him right through, did what he wanted to do and was done. People, consent. It's not that fucking hard. You know what is also rape? If you've started to engage in sex and one of the people say, you know what, I changed my mind. If you keep going, that's rape as well. 
You know what I think, Seth? I think our next episode should be about consent. Why not? We're going to be coming up on spring break here soon. Maybe. Well, well, I don't know. It didn't stop anybody last year. And look how that worked out for us. <laughs> I think we need to do an episode about consent. I really do. So it's an important subject. And I think that we need to discuss there's a lot more to it than just no means no, because obviously no means no. But, you know, everybody wants to throw in all of these. But yeah, what if? And I think we should talk about that. So yeah, fucking consent people. There's like 7 trillion people in this world or something ridiculous. I don't even know. There is someone out there who is into what you're fucking into. You don't have to take it from someone who doesn't want to give it. You don't. You don't have to. There's somebody fucking out there who's willing to give it to you. Fucking find them. You want someone who's going to fight you back? You know what? There are people who want to fucking fight you back. Like, fight back. There are people out there who are into that. There's a huge fetish king community of ass beatings. Yes. And I don't mean like working somebody's ass, like get into physical fights and then having sex. So Yes. If that's what you're into, there are people out there who are into that. There is someone else out there that likes the thing you like. Just find them and don't take it from someone else. Don't ruin someone else's life. Exactly. But we want to hear your consent stories. Good, bad, and different. Consent can be good too. When you finally get that green light, it can be an amazing feeling. Exactly. If you've worked with it for that long. And it can make it even that more fulfilling. But hang on. Oh, what? I've got more, Seth. Oh, no. What? We can't leave the show on such a shit note. Oh, no. No, no, we can't. I have news. What's that? Do you remember our friend Bailey from episode three? Yes, the uh, sex store aficionado. Yes. So I reached out to Bailey to ask if she had any fun online dating stories for us because she's always good for some stories. And she sent me back uh, a story. Would you like to hear it? Absolutely. Okay, so I don't have it verbatim, so I'm just going to summarize. So on Fat Life, which you know Bailey and I are both on, she had started writing with a gentleman, and they got kind of cozy, started talking a little bit more outside of the story, got to know each other a little bit, She lived sort of middle of the United States. He lived on one of the coasts. Eventually, I think she flew out there to meet him. They hit it off right away. A little bit of an age difference, not not too bad, but she flew out there to meet him. They really hit it off. It was great. Then uh, it got a little bit serious. She moved in. He flew out there, met her family. Anywho, they've been together for a little while now, and they... Got engaged on New Year's at midnight. He popped the question. Yes. So our friend Bailey engaged on New Year's. So she is getting married and it's going to be fantastic. Mazel tov, kids. Yay. So, hey, we might be doing a show from another state because whether she's decided or not, we're coming to the wedding. (laughs) Woohoo. Sorry, Bailey. I'm inviting us. Yes. (laughs) So the next time you join us, After all that great news about Bailey and everything, which is amazing, yay, we're talking about consent, everything about it, how to get it, how to keep it, what it is, the beautiful, beautiful consent. You can hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at InTheSackPod, Facebook, InTheSackWithSethAndSarah, a Gmail account, SethAndSarahPodcast at gmail.com. Oh, and hey, guess what, Sarah? What? We have a phone number now. You can call us and leave us a (gasps) voicemail. We might even put your voicemail in the show instead of reading off your thing. Who knows? What? You can call us at 
314-649-7604. That's 314-649-7604. We want to hear your lovely voices. Oh, yeah. So, like I said, next time, we'll be all about getting consent, keeping consent, how to obtain consent, everything about that wonderful word, consent, in the sack. With Seth and Sarah. In the Sack with Seth and Sarah has been an SNS production with cover art by Sarah Davis. Featuring music by Bradley Arl and can be downloaded wherever you find your podcast. 